Happy Friday morning to you. I hope you're hungry. We have the Barbecue HQ show on right now with Andy Griffin and Troy Paul. We talk barbecue today with the owner of the Barbecue Pit Stop, Troy Paul. The Barbecue Pit Stop is located at 300 East, just behind Napa Auto Parts, just off the boulevard. You can call the Barbecue Pit Stop at 435-429-7174. And now it's time for the show. Here's Troy Paul and Andy Griffin. Ah, great to be here, Troy. How are you feeling today, man? Feeling great. Happy to be here. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on by that side. That's Jerry Lee Lewis. Of course. You know, it's yeah. funny. I'm a music guy. I really love music, Troy. I had never heard that song before until you introduced it to me. It's a hidden gem for sure. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. How has smoking been in your neck of the woods lately? You know, it is ramping up. This is the best time of year. People are ready to get out there and start barbecuing and start getting together, too, and barbecuing. It's the most wonderful time to smoke meat. Yeah. Absolutely. Huh? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. See what you did there. <laughs> I actually, uh, I, I smoked something yesterday, and I've got something on the smoker right now, even as we speak. I'm watching my little fireboard thing, keeping an eye on the tent. I like it. And everything. Uh, I'm not going to lie, though. Okay, I did the candied bacon last night. Um, I uh, left it on too long. Got a oh, little, little, little too, too crispy, huh? Too crispy. It, it's still good, but it's not quite what I had in mind, so... A lot uh, happens. Yeah, I, I got doing something and uh, just, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, well, that's a tough one to to leave a, your temperature probe in there. Yeah, you don't know what it's done. It's yeah, too thin. Yeah, you can't, that doesn't can't do really anything. put a probe in bacon. <laughs> exactly. So you just have to watch those ones. That happens. You were telling me a lot of, of course, a lot of smokers now have uh, have uh, the apps or, you know, you can you can uh, you can control them on an app. You said there's some alarms in there or something. And, and I, I, I wasn't aware of that maybe for a second. I, I know we don't have a lot of time to talk about, it, but is there a way you can send an alarm and so it'll tell you when maybe, you know, you're you're too hot, too cold, whatever? Yeah, these these machines are built for people like like you and I, Andy. They're mm-hmm. kind of dummy proof. <laughs> is the the problem is is that life is busy and there's so many different ways you can, all of a sudden if you miss your the right temperature on a piece of meat that you're cooking, mm-hmm. you could quickly dry that out. Mm. Um, and so what they have now is, I mean, you put a probe in your meat and it's connected to, um, of course, like your the, the computer motherboard of of the smoker. But it's connected to your phone via Wi-Fi. And so you can um, set these temperatures to tell you anything. So if, you're, if your uh, barbecue pit, for example, if it runs out of pellets and it starts dropping temperature really quick, you can set an alert on your phone um, to say, hey, like, let me know if my, if my uh, barbecue pit drops below 200 degrees, maybe you have it set at 225. Some yeah. normal temperature fluctuations are within about 15 degrees or maybe 25, depending on your pit. But if it starts to drop too low, then maybe it sends you notifications saying it's dropping more than it should. That's pretty cool. And so you can go and check and like, oh, I'm out of pellets or there's, you know, something else yeah. is wrong or run out of power, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And then same as with your meat. As soon as your meat hits the finished internal temp, so maybe you're going for... 165 degrees on a chicken breast and if it gets to 175 that that thing could be very dry and so you just set an alarm on there to let you know we're going to talk a little bit more about temperatures in a few minutes but i wanted to talk about maybe some of your recent cooks have you had some success and maybe even a a, a one or two that maybe didn't work out perfectly for you (laughs) that happens and that's i tell people all the time that come in and say you know i I just didn't have that didn't turn out like what is going on yeah and uh, you know that's the best way to learn 
is by experiencing failure. That's kind of a life lesson, too. That's right. You know? (laughs) Got to fail so you'll know what success really feels like. Absolutely. And so, yeah, this last week, then I've I've done a few different things that I really liked. Chicken was on sale. And so... Yeah, like 88 cents a pound, right? Yeah, it was 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 really good price. And no that, pun intended. <laughs> so I see what you did yeah. again. Yeah, you're on it today. I like it. <laughs> All right. Um, but when I see a good sale on meat, I almost always go through the meat department. If I'm going to the grocery store, I always have to go through the meat department. And I'm just seeing if there's any deals that stand out to me. And, and when there's a great deal, like there was on drumsticks uh, this last week and thighs also, then, then I always snatch up a bunch. And I'll smoke a ton at the same time. And then you can just freeze it, anything that's left over, and you got ready-made meals all week. But um, I saw the, th- the or the, not the thighs, but the drumsticks is what I cooked, and I turned them into a lollipop chicken. Oh, yeah. Which uh, you got to tell us what that means. Yeah, so basically it kind of looks like a lollipop a little bit, the mm-hmm. drumstick, uh, but it can look even more like it if you just do a little manicuring to it. Um, basically you slice the uh, the fat side of of the drumstick, you cut an even slice across that so that it can stand on its end. Hmm. And, and so once it stands on its end, then you're able to um, just plop it on your tray and cook it. So it's a vertical drum. Um, the other part with the uh, skinny part of that leg there, um, you basically want to remove um, anything on that skinny part. So you'll just do a 360 cut all the way around the bone, and then you'll just pull off, it's mostly tendons. It's not a ton of meat on there anyway, so right. you just you just rip that part off, and then you slide down any excess meat so that it turns into kind of a, a spherical ball shape at the bottom. So and you, you cut the knob off the end is to, exactly. to start that process, so that makes it so it's more like a lollipop stick. Absolutely. Thus, lollipop chicken. I like Exactly, that. yeah. There's tons of recipes for it online if you're interested. It's mm-hmm. It doesn't make it taste better, but it makes it look a little bit funner, so it's a fun presentation for guests, and it's not expensive, but it's an easy thing to do so and uh you didn't do this i did it when i did lollipop chicken a few weeks ago uh i bacon wrapped mine mm-hmm. uh, yeah. either way it can be fantastic uh and i know mine were, i had a little family gathering it was, it was a big hit absolutely lollipop chicken yeah and doesn't doesn't take too much i guess the hardest part is pulling that skin off of the uh the leg there but it's not too much work and then put a little seasoning on it you can sauce it lightly if you'd like to um but like i say if you're looking for a instructional how to make a cool uh, appetizer um i guess it could be a main dish too but yeah, if, yeah but uh, yeah just go online there's a ton of recipes for it and so yeah did the lollipop chicken then for dinner um we had um my wife actually did this and i got to give her props she made some really good smoked mac and cheese now i got to ask you about that and for, we'll talk about the mac and cheese in a second but uh Generally speaking, smoking is a guy thing, uh, with all due respect to Susie Bullock. It seems like a lot of guys uh, are, are the ones that smoke. Do you feel threatened when Marissa, when your <laughs> sweet wife, uh, does a little smoking when you're not there? Is that is that kind of weird for you, or are you cool with this? I'm very much cool with it. All right. I mean, as long as she knows how to use the machine, uh-huh. and which she does. And at first it was daunting because the outside cooking is for me, and, and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of out of my, her domain is inside mine. Mine's outside, and that's not exactly how it always goes. But yeah. the that's the concept, right? And once she figured out how easy it is to use them, it's basically an outside oven. Oh, we're not supposed to tell people that. It's, <laughs> it's really easy, it's but don't tell easy. anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't tell anybody that this food that I made was so hard, and you can never <laughs> duplicate it. It's, yeah. 
not exactly that way. And so once she figured out that, then um, she's a lot more comfortable going out and just turning it on, like I say, like an oven. And so the mac and cheese that she would normally just bake inside, mm-hmm. then she did it outside, and and it was awesome. And it just, was it? you just cook the noodles al dente, and then there's a bunch of different cream um, sauce recipes for cheese. The roux, they call it in the business. Of course, yeah. yeah. And then you add the cheeses of your choice, mix those in. And then over the top of it, then there's a panko crust, with panko is just yeah. basically breadcrumbs. Yeah. And and then I like to make some bacon as well, chop it up and mix yeah, that in too. with the panko yeah. and put that across the top bacon there. bacon makes everything better. Exactly. And you don't have to use breadcrumbs. Some people use like, like uh, the fried onions, the crispy sure. fried onions. Some people use maybe crunched up potato chips or corn chips, whatever makes you happy, whatever makes it so that uh, you, you can do it. But And yours turned out really, really good? They were great. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I nice. love, love good homemade mac and cheese, so that was always a hit. Um, I noticed you had carne asada on there, and I had a, a really good question. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. know if it was a good question, but I had a question about this. I've been kind of afraid to make Mexican-flavored uh, food in my smoker because I'm a little bit hesitant. Will the smoke flavor and the Mexican flavor go good together? And so I haven't done it yet. And you have carne asada as one of the, those that you smoked recently. How did it turn out, and do they go together? It's hard to beat. Is it um, really? Uh, yeah, in my opinion. And I'm I'm a huge Mexican food guy, and in particular, Tex-Mex. Hmm, and, well, I mean, that's exactly what that is, really. It is the best of Texas, the best of Mexico, and... You know, happy marriage there. And so any of the food that you would normally cook, maybe on a griddle or on the grill, then why not throw it in the smoker? Yeah. And so the carne asada that sometimes is usually a much, you know, quicker cook, a hot and fast, then I like to add a little bit of smoke on there. Sometimes I'll still finish them off hotter and faster to get uh, crisp Mm -hmm. on, on the outside. But, yeah, I just threw it on the smoker, 225, finished it off on my on my hot grill and uh, chopped it up and it was awesome. It's something I did also. I did some other tacos this week. I, I had some ground beef that I had in my fridge. I was going to make some hamburgers with it and kind of forgot about it. And I thought, Oh, I got to hurry and cook this before the beef goes bad. Yeah. And so I was cooking something else. I think it was a lollipop uh, chicken at the time. And uh, since I was going to be eating that, then I just hurry and threw my ground beef on the smoker to the side of my chicken and I just put it down thin mm-hmm. and uh, smoked it through put some like fajita seasoning on it and when I I used it for tacos later that night and it was kind of fun instead of ground beef with um, tiny little morsels then I basically just cut them into logs really? and slid them in my tacos as a full kind of smoked Beef log, beef log kind of a thing I that, like it. that yeah. I didn't you didn't have to worry about the meat falling out of the sides of the tacos I thought this is there's something to this and so you know and, and I know you have to a, a killer queso uh, which is you know a, kind of a Mexican flavor queso recipe mm-hmm. uh, that goes on the smoker as well uh, so uh, yeah a lot, a lot of good stuff I, I encourage people again and we, we're not making trying to make this a big commercial but go to the barbecue pit stop this selection of things and, and you offer recipes too. I mean, I like that the recipes, uh, uh, little cards that tell you how long, you know, how hot meat should be and things like that. Uh, I know you uh, sold a few knives last week after we talked about it on the mm-hmm. show. Uh, that's where I got my knife and I, I love my knife by the way. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Me and that knife are best buds. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I All like right. it. Yeah. So yeah, come on in. We're here to talk about barbecue that's that's our goal our number one objective is for everybody that comes in the store mm-hmm. to leave 
a little bit more confident and more prepared to have better food. And so if that's your goal is to make better barbecue, then come on in and we'll talk through it. We might suggest a few rubs or sauces or or tips um, for whatever it is you're cooking, and hopefully you have a successful cook there. That's the goal. It's kind of, And the barbecue pit stop is kind of like the old barbershop. Not that you guys cut hair, but that people kind of go there to gather and talk about what's happening. I mean, it's centered on barbecue, but I, I know people just come in and start chatting, and just and you know more than anybody. They just start talking about life and maybe what they've cooked lately and what they're, you know, how their kids are liking things, and, and it's it's kind of a fun, well, not kind of, it's really a fun place to be. Yeah, there. it's, a, cool. it's been turned into this fun community mm-hmm. of barbecue barbecue and uh, just talking about it is is fun with everybody so people come in just to hang out they're they're our friends now they're kind of this barbecue family that we come in and and as they come in more and more they become more and more of our friends and um and then they they hear about what we have going on like when we have barbecue classes um, that we're doing then they they want to come back for that and and so it it becomes pretty fun And and let me bring this up now uh you know, we're, we've got this barbecue show, and you think, oh, these guys are so good, and everything turns out perfect. I had, last weekend, actually, I screwed up a brisket. You know, and we're talking about a $35 piece of meat that was on sale. Usually, it's like, you know, <laughs> 65 or 70 Ouch. for this this piece of meat. Yeah. And uh, what happened was I, 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 I smoked it overnight. You know, it still had a few hours left when I got up at 8 in the morning. Uh, I went out and checked on it. Everything seemed to be going well. I took a little peek. You know, if you, if you ain't looking, you, you're, if you're looking, you ain't cooking kind of thing. You know, it, I, I still look occasionally. Uh, and, and it seemed to be great. And then I had a little bit of a work emergency. I got a phone call. I had to take care of some business. It took probably an hour. And for an hour, my brain was occupied. I was busy. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about the brisket. During that hour, my pellets ran out. Yeah. And my my smoker went, and my meat went, and you know the temperature went way down. And uh, the honest truth is, the flat part of the brisket uh, was not good. It was, it's, I mean, I took it off and we sliced it, into, you know, and and we ate it. I, I turned it into kind of a pot roast type situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to salvage the point because it's it wasn't done yet, and I was able to get the the temperature back up pretty quickly. And I diced it. I made it into kind of a burn ends, a brisket burn end type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. type of thing but honestly i screwed up I, I i didn't give it the attention it needed and uh you know what it happens welcome to the club yeah. of messing up barbecue <laughs> and and of and a brisket in particular yeah. that's the that's the classic one that we all we all mess it up and and for those of us that have pellet cookers we all run out of pellets once <laughs> yeah when you run out of all of a sudden you have that mistake i just don't want to ever let that happen but it does it happens and mm-hmm. so Make sure that you're full of pellets, of course. That's one of the biggest things. Make sure you're cleaning out your grill on a regular basis. Well, and that's the other thing, too. It's easy to get a flame out. If you go three or four times without cleaning it, there, there's grease and sawdust and all kinds of stuff in there. And then all of a sudden, you you want it at 225, and it's 625 or 825 inside your your smoker. So. It, it does. So setting those alarms, like we talked about earlier, is going to be big for notifying you if you do run out of pellets. Not all pellet cookers have that it's a really nice feature so you don't end up spending money on um, wasted meat then you can you know probably invest it a little bit more into a wi-fi cooker and there's a bunch of good options out there but if you're if you're cooking a brisket or a piece of meat and you're just not able to figure it out exactly uh, even when things go right then just come on in and we'll chat through it walk through the process um, face to face and and hopefully come up with a solution to make some better Put it the next time you cook. 
Good idea. A couple of things I wanted to bring up. Uh, kudos to my sister-in-law. She made a breakfast fatty last night for dinner. Ooh, wow. Yeah, bacon, uh, bacon weave with sausage. And she actually did a triple pork breakfast fatty. I know this sounds terrible. Those of you that are uh, watching your diet, don't listen right now. Because <laughs> it, had, uh, it had, of course, the bacon weave. It had uh, ground sausage. It had then ham. And then eggs and then cheese. And so this was really bad for you, but, but it turned out really good. She had some issues with uh, where she had it in a pan and it wasn't crisping up. And I just helped her. I said, let's take it out of the pan and put it right on the grill and see what happens. And it, that was the perfect antidote. And it turned out really well. So, well, there you go. Glad you came through to save the day. And, and la- no, and you know what? She did She did everything right except for that one last little step. So I want to give her credit, not me. Oh, there you go. Uh, for sure. But And then last night you had a class, Susie Bullock. Uh, HeyGrillHey.com. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to admit, I'm a fan. I, I think Susie knows that. Uh, she's going to be on this uh, on my show uh, here in about a week. Uh, but uh, Susie uh, Bullock was your teacher last night for the uh, Barbecue Pit Stops class. Yeah, we're fortunate in St. George to have somebody um, of the world-class caliber. Yeah, world. Did you hear what he said, folks? World-class. Not like Utah class, not U.S. Yeah. World-class Susie Bullock. For what she does, which is really teaching people how to do barbecue, clearly that coincides with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. She does more of the, the YouTube online uh, on her website. She's got hundreds of recipes with hundreds of videos and millions of followers <laughs> and millions. Of, yeah, if you if you haven't been following Susie, time to climb out from underneath the rock yeah. and uh, and start following her. She has amazing content for every level of barbecuer. Myself, other professionals, we're following Susie. We're seeing what she's doing because she is an innovator in the industry, um, which is awesome. And she, she's, of course, a local now here in St. George. She came and taught a class last night, and we're talking about innovation. We've got a class of, uh, you know, 25 people. Um, some some of these guys are also professional barbecuers, hmm. um, like the guy that came and did our barbecue trailer. Yeah, um, Cade. Yeah, Cade and High Voltage exceptional job at the trailer um april 10th by the way quick little plug for him he'll be back, um, back. april 10th okay. but um so i was, he was hoping he'd come every saturday is he still know, working now. he lives he, he lives a little bit out of town okay. so it's right. it's tough we'll take him when we can yeah and so yeah she's teaching this great class and with all of these barbecue minds from beginner to you know like i say the professional that are in the class and she did something that i've never had before and that's usually pretty tough. I mean, outside of variations, of course, you have like, oh, well, that's a new recipe for pulled pork, or that's something new for brisket that I haven't tried. Yeah. Um, but this was kind of one of those next-level innovations. And, and, of course, she doesn't take the credit for it. She got it from somewhere else, but I think that she brought it to the world. And this is how you do a Easter ham. She did a smoked pulled Easter ham. Whoa, mind blown. Pulled ham. Pulled ham. So everybody is familiar with the sliced ham, cubed, whatever, that standard Easter ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made it like pulled pork. Wow. And, it, you know, it seems simple enough, but it's also innovative enough where you just think, how would that be to have a ham that's pulled? And, of course, you're just like, well, it, you know, it's still pork it's still ham it, it can't sense. be that bad yeah. um but once again the innovation is is amazing because usually when you cook a ham you're cooking to about 145 is your internal meat temperature mm-hmm. 
and and then it's ready to pull off and slice. And I and I love a good Easter ham, and and she of course has great recipes there, and there's a million of those. But what you basically do is you go past 145, and a lot of times it'll dry out meat if you go past that target internal temp. But of course, you take pork, uh, pulled pork, uh, or the Boston butt, or the or the uh, pork shoulder, mm-hmm. which is actually really attached to the same muscle there. So the pork shoulder, right at the shoulder, and then the ham is just straight down the leg. Really? And so they're basically connected We're meats. really close, yeah. And so it makes sense. But basically you go past that 145 and you take it to 165, and, and you're just smoking it about 225 up to this point. Mm-hmm. And then after you hit 165... You then put it into a, a shallow foil pan um, that can then catch drippings, and you start to baste it with you know your classic Thanksgiving or your not your Thanksgiving your Easter glazes. Oh yeah, brown and sugar. It, exactly mm-hmm. some um, nice rich content there, and then you just keep it going till about two o five, which just seems crazy for one forty five to two o five. But yeah. then once you get to that point, um, it'll come off and it'll be ready to pull, and and it just falls apart. It just it just falls apart. You'll want wow. to use a nice um, barbecue tool like some meat claws or the bear paws. And we've got, we're going to talk about those in a second. Absolutely. And th- this is a really cool product for pulling pork, for pulling your ham now. Um, or I like to use it even if I'm not doing pulled ham. I will use it to stabilize um, my carved ham. Good and idea. so it's better ba- than a fork, huh? Yeah, it's basically for those that aren't familiar with meat claws, it's basically like little wolverine claws that you get a hold in your hand yeah. and use an extension of your own hand so that you can um, to put it into your meat and you shred it like a, like you'd, you'd imagine wolverine doing, mm-hmm. or put it in one side that then you can carve that meat as well. And that's what that's what she used. That's what I like to use. Um, Bear paws is the uh, is the tool for that. And uh, anyway, after having this pulled ham. I looked at some of the other guys in the class, and we kind of gave this look like, wow. A game changer. What was that? <laughs> and then I asked the class at the very end, I said, who's had this before? And no hands were raised. I said, person. who's going to make it next? And every hand went yeah, up. I, well, I'm, I'm raising mine right now. I'm with Absolutely. you on this one. Wow. Phenomenal stuff. So, uh, again, uh, we're short on time, Trace, so, mm-hmm. so we need to move on. But Susie Bullock, class last night, pulled ham. And it's all about the temperature, I guess, when you're when you're pulling your ham. Uh, okay, classes coming up uh, for the uh, barbecue pit stop. And by the way, these are extremely popular, and they fill up fast. So uh, we may be telling you about a class might be full already or close to it. So you need to act quickly. But what do you have coming up, Troy? Yeah. So next month in April, then our class is sold out, and that's okay. just the intro to barbecue. We do a pulled pork yeah. in that class that I'll but be teaching. I've done it twice now. I love it. Yeah, but it's a fun class. But that one unfortunately is sold out. So in May, we do about one class a month. Um, May, then we have Rusty Monson is his name. He hosts the Pitmaster podcast. He's an excellent competition barbecue cook and a great guy. He's coming in on May 13th. Okay. Um, June 17th, we're going to have uh, the owner and the staff of Dixie Meats, oh, yeah. local to, um, butcher in town. He's going to come down and teach a class and give a few tips on um, a different perspective of barbecue from a butcher standpoint. Looking really forward to that one, June 17th. July 15th, we'll be doing an intro to ribs class that I'll be teaching. Come and sign up. All of those classes have availability. They usually sell out about a month and a half in advance. And so don't wait until we get too close. Come and get your spot reserved. 
And we'll look forward to seeing you soon there. Take your barbecue to the next level. Or or maybe if you're at the beginning level, just take it up a little bit and, and, and start getting good at it. Um, really cool stuff. It's the Barbecue Pit Stop. They're located about 300 east on the north side of the uh, boulevard behind Napa Auto Parts. Uh, pellets, accessories, rubs, sauces. What am I forgetting? Accessories, which brings me real quick. i got to say the key word of the week. Yeah. For those of you coming looking to um, score the freebie of the week, come on in. And your keyword is going to be meat claws. We talked about the bear paws. Come in and say meat claws, and we will hook you up with your free set. Free stuff? Yeah, only at the barbecue pit stop. Meat claws, the keyword. Uh, by the way, in the last 20 seconds, so we do have a road trip planned uh, coming up. You and I and a couple of other barbecue buddies. We're going to go to the, in my, in my mind, the heart of barbecue, South Texas. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, we're out of time. This has been the Barbecue HQ Show with Andy Griffin and Troy Paul. Troy, thanks so much, man. And uh, we'll be back. He'll be back two weeks from today with more Barbecue Talk. Thanks, Andy.